0: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese.
1: Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winning. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. You look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the heist, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory. Services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of Fitner and Civic Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. It's spring and the earth has become alive again. The grass is growing, the flowers are brightening up the yards with daffodils and hyacinths, and when we look at the flowering trees, I can't believe, I can't think. It could get much more beautiful than this. And weren't we fortunate to enjoy that beautiful Easter weather last weekend? And the beautiful sunny weather continued throughout the entire week. It was like we must have been dreaming. But reality is striking again. It is supposed to turn a little cooler for the next week, but not awful. So we'll manage even though we'll, we'll complain about it a lot. But this week I was browsing on the internet and I noticed a little quotation. It said, don't ever save anything for special occasions because life is the special occasion. And I'm probably still saving things, but the part about being alive is the special occasion is something for us to all remember. We all work hard and stay focused and meet our responsibilities, but we should take the time to remember that the life we lead is a special occasion to be enjoyed and shared. And maybe this weekend we could find the time to review our accomplishments and enjoyments and include even those financial ones. The good news this week was that the U.S. Uh, inflation eased down to 5%, in March, it's been cascading downward ever since uh, uh, Let's see, June of uh, 2022. It was 9.1% then, and it's been coming down ever since. And right now, it stands at 5%. And uh, that's the lowest level in almost two years. That's according to the U.S. Department of Labor and their Consumer uh, Price Index report. Uh, the headline inflation for the 12 month period ending in March was five percent and uh, the uh, headline inflation number uh, for March from uh, February for that one month was uh, one tenth of one percent so the core inflation uh, neglecting food and fuel was five point six percent over that 12 month period ending in March and uh, four-tenths of 1% uh, for the month of March uh, alone, from, from, uh, in March from February. So uh, consumers saw lower prices last month for groceries, uh, gasoline, medical care, and utilities, and paid higher prices for shelter, airline tickets, and insurance. But, hey, we all know from the gas pump that that was last month, and we're seeing a Seeing the gas prices increasing this month, Uh, we'll see what that does to our inflation uh, when we talk about that a month from now. We will talk uh, talk, uh, with regard to that particular report. We'll discuss it in detail later in the show. And uh, there was good news regarding uh, the inflation inflation at the factory gate, uh, and that's the producer price index. And that's basically one of the foundations for the uh, uh, consumer price index, because the uh, talk about what the uh, factories, uh, how much inflation they add to the price of their product, and uh, the producer price index uh, for final demand decreased a half a percent in March from February. So. Uh, that figure is less than expected and much appreciated. And Basically, as the economy slows down, inflation is coming down. The latest data from the Department of Commerce regarding, regarding retail and food service sales shows retail sales are down uh, 1% in March from February, and the data adds to ev- evidence that the Momentum is slowing in uh, household spending and in the and in the broader economy as the conditions tighten. Mm-hmm. In March, spending declined in big-ticket categories including vehicle sales, electronics, furniture, home improvements, and uh, uh, department stores, while spending increased on uh, mm-hmm. on, on online purchases and rose slightly at uh, bars and restaurants. The Federal Reserve, the officials have indicated that they're getting closer to pausing the campaign for raising interest rates. That came from the minutes of the uh, meeting that was held in uh, March, and they indicated that uh, uh, perhaps uh, uh, they should uh, think about uh, uh, pausing Uh, The question was, when do they uh, stop raising the rates and pause for a while? And the pause is because, uh, you know, they've been criticized for raising the rates too fast, too high. And uh, the criticism has has been around uh, uh, the very fact that there's a time delay uh, between what the Federal Reserve does and the time that it's obvious how the economy reacts to that. So uh, the, it's not a, uh, a light switch type thing. If you do something and then you wait six months to nine months to see how the economy reacted to it. So uh, they're getting closer to that time when they're, they grazed it uh, uh, exceedingly fast. And now they want to sit in sometime in May, June, July. Uh, sit and find out, really, is there going to be a recession or Mm -hmm. are we conquering inflation or what's happening? It appeared that the industrial production was moving uh, up rather than low, lower down. In the industrial production and capacity utilization report in March for the Federal Reserve, they reported that industrial production had increased four-tenths of a percent in March from uh, February. But a closer review shows that the big upward spike in industrial production was basically due to a 8.4% increase in utilities in March. And that was because of the return of more seasonal weather in March after a mild February. So in general, the direction for manufacturing and mining uh, was downward, and we'll get down to the details of that later in the show too. While manufacturing sector has been uh, contracting, it was thought that the service sector of the economy was still expanding, and that's true. But the latest uh, Institute of Supply Management services for March showed that while well, the service sector is still growing they are uh, really slowing down their growth from what they had before so again we'll talk about that later in the show today too all of the all of this would indicate that the economy is uh, uh, maybe moving closer to a recession there's still a lot of disagreement whether a recession is a done deal but Uh, no one is standing out there and saying there will be no recession. Everybody, it's been possible to rule it out. Uh, basically what you're seeing is the federal reserve continues to increase the federal funds rate right now. It's, uh, four and three quarters to 5%. And they manage the federal funds rate in that channel between those two numbers. And, uh, According to the Federal Open Market Committee meeting for March, uh, the policymakers indicate that uh, uh, they may be expecting a, the, the uh, are expecting the recent uh, bank failures, uh, the, the Silicon Valley and Signature, and, and uh, expecting the, the credit to tighten up as banks become more cautious and. Uh, they did mention a, a mild recession, but that I think came from the analysts at the uh, Federal Reserve rather than the policymakers. So <clears throat> the expectations, uh, basically now are talking about a, a one quarter of a percent, uh, increase at the, uh, May uh, third meeting. That's the next federal open market committee meeting. And, uh, uh, then they may pause for a while. So, if you just go back over and look and see what uh, inflation has done in the last well, uh, uh, the last year, it, <clears throat> inflation first became noticeable in uh, I think it was March of two thousand and twenty-one, and that's when it uh, uh, it became uh, noticeable at three percent in March of 2021, and then uh, it proceeded to 5% by Labor Day of uh, 2021, and then by Christmas, inflation was up to 7%. At that time, the Federal Reserve uh, formulated the plan to say, hey, it's not a transient event, It's, it's, it's for real, and we have to address it. So they came up with that plan of basically increasing the interest rates and slowing the economy down so that the uh, uh, inflation would be slowed down. They would basically slow the demand uh, down and let the uh, uh, supply, you know, there was a lot of supply disruptions at that time, let the supply chains catch up uh, to get some sort of an equilibrium between um uh, supply and demand uh, but uh, if you take a look and say okay uh, uh, the the uh, median impact of that plan releasing that uh, plan was that the stocks began to go down in 2022 and the uh, also the uh, bonds began to go down too. The stocks went down basically because the uh, uh, concerns about uh, a recession due to the increased interest rates and uh, uh, the bonds went down because of the very fact that uh, the bonds up until that time were uh, providing very little interest and suddenly with the interest rates going up uh, the bonds uh, basically went down and uh you know, it's the it's the issue of uh, if you have a bond that uh, let's say has a coupon of uh, one percent, and you bought it several years ago, now that bond will probably, for certainly, if it's the U.S. Treasury, you'll be able to uh, get your money back when the bond matures, but not beforehand. If you have to sell it beforehand, you sell it in the open. Open market, and there you run into, um, you know, bond uh, brokers who will say, "Okay, um, uh, if I bought a brand new bond today, it might have a uh, uh, a coupon of three and a half percent. Your bond has a coupon of uh, maybe, i us say, it's one percent. So they'd go through a quick calculation that shows that they bought the brand new bond." collected the interest and held it to maturity, they would make a certain amount of money if they bought your bond that paid much less interest, did the same thing, hold on to it. And so maturity, there'd be a difference in how much money they made on the, uh, the late issue high interest rate bond versus the, uh, the bond that uh, had the lower interest rate. And in order to Sell your bond, you basically uh, have to pay the difference. So, if there's a, let's say there's a $200 difference, let's say the the bond is worth $1,000, and there's a $200 difference in how much this uh, bond broker will make uh, from now to maturity, then uh, they're going to offer you less than $200 less than uh, what you paid for. They'll offer you $800. In other words, let's say that's basically what you saw in the case of uh, long-term treasuries. Uh, you know, they were paying low interest rates, and then suddenly uh, uh, when they got into the higher uh, interest rates, of the old bonds were worth less than people paid for them. And you, you saw that in... Uh, Uh, You saw that in uh, Silicon uh, Valley. In other words, they had uh, bulked up on uh, long-term treasuries that maybe paid uh, uh, 1.5%. And And, uh, there came a time when the depositors uh, wanted to withdraw their money. And at that particular point in time, then the interest rates were or the new bonds, new brand-new treasuries were paying, uh, three and a half to four percent uh, interest. So at that time, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the bank, the uh, Silicon Valley Bank, they sold something like twenty billion dollars of uh, bonds and suffered a loss of uh, basically two billion dollars uh, in losses because of they had to sell them. Into a market that was uh, uh, much, uh, the bond prices were much higher than they, not the bond prices, the interest rates were much higher than the interest rates on their old bonds. So uh, at that particular point in time, after suffering a, a $2 billion loss, the regulators uh, moved in and said, hey, the business only worth $2 billion. And you just, per- you just suffered a $2 million loss, so you're basically out of business there. So that's one of the things you could say, well, could you hold on to maturity? Yes, if you hold on to the bonds to maturity, you can uh, get your, uh, certainly if they're treasuries, you'll get your original money back. But if, if not, you're, you're kind of uh, caught in terms of uh, losses. So... Basically, inflation has uh, caused a dent in the bond markets as well as the uh, stock markets, and hopefully we're trying to get back to the point where we get this inflation down into uh, the 2 or 3%. The Federal Reserve says 3%, but uh, if you take a look at some of the surveys, let's say the a survey of uh, consumer sentiment, And the reason we look at the consumer sentiment surveys is to provide us with visibility into uh, consumers' attitudes regarding making large purchases such as uh, autos, homes, and uh, uh, and right now uh, consumers continue to worry about the economy and the jobs market, and the latest results from the Uh, University of Michigan survey of consumer sentiment is that the the latest numbers for April uh, show 63.5 versus uh, the ones that uh, uh, the survey numbers for March were 62. So they went, the consumer's index says that the sentiment is getting a, a little bit better And the current economic sentiment is 68.6 versus 66.3 before. So according to the uh, survey of consumers' uh, sentiment, their director, Joanne uh she said that the summary is consumer sentiment was essentially unchanged this month, inching up less than two index points from March. Sentiment is now about 3% below a year ago, but 27% above the all-time low last June. Uh, Rising sentiment for low-income consumers is offset by declines among those with higher incomes. So while consumers are noting that easing of inflation among durable goods and cars, they still expect high inflation to persist at least in the short run. On net, consumers did not perceive material changes in the economic environment in April. But here's the important part. But year-ahead inflation expectations rose from 3.6 in March to 4.6 in April. These expectations have been seesawing for four consecutive months, alternating between increases and decreases uncertainty about short-term inflation, expectations continues to be notably elevated, indicating that the recent volatility in expected year-ahead inflation is likely to continue. The bumpiness of inflation expectations is limited to the short run, as long-term inflation expectations remain remarkably stable. They came in at 2.9 percent, the fifth consecutive month and stayed within that 2.9 to 3.1 percent for 20 of the last 21 months. So it just gives me some indication as to where people feel that uh, uh, inflation will finally, the long-term inflation, will finally allow that. And the number is 3 percent. The Federal Reserve uh, is indicating that their target is two percent, and uh, I think they'll they'll keep that number in in the uh, I'll keep that number posted until they get close to three percent, and we will see some decision making as to uh, what their uh, real uh, uh, number that they'll settle for for inflation. Before they let up on this uh, rate increases, so uh, what you're seeing is that uh, globally equities were up this past week. In the U.S., each of the three major stock indices—the Dow Jones Industrials, the Standard and Poor 500, the Nasdaq Composite—they all ended up. And the U.K. the pussy was up. Well, in the European Union, Germany's DAX and the stock. Europe 600 were both up for the week. Equities were also up in Asia. Japan's Nikkei 225 was up for the week. While in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both up for the week. On Friday, the three major stock indices closed the weekend. The Dow Jones at 33,886.47. So it was up 1.2% for the week. The uh, Standard & Poor 500 was at 4,137.64, and that was up uh, 0.79% for the week. And the NASDAQ was at 12,123.47, and that was up 0.29% uh, 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 for the week. So. Basically, it was a good week in terms of uh, global equities, including the U.S. equities. And uh, uh, basically, in looking at the, uh, the data that comes out from the economy, what we're seeing is that the, the economy is slowing down, particularly in uh, things that are sensitive to interest rates, like uh, home construction, uh, home sales, manufacturing, all those are slowing down now, and uh, uh, there's a there's a uh, <clears throat> there's a presence of uh, possibility of a recession coming up, strictly because the the Federal Reserve has these interest rates at uh, such a high level, uh, so. Basically, we're either going to get to the point where we get inflation under control, to the point where the Federal Reserve can lower these interest rates, at which point both the stocks and the bonds will go up, or uh, we're going to run into a recession. Hopefully, it'll be a slight recession. And uh, either way, we're going to get inflation basically under control. Uh, That's apart from the. you know, when we look at the big picture and look at our return of our investment. Uh, those are the numbers we're seeing, but the financial plan and our financial plan, where we're actually going over our goals and how to meet our goals, and the uh, uh, in terms of uh, the assets, the assets that we have, uh, when our goals are. are where we have to have the money to meet our goals, be it for retirement or be it for, uh, for at the other end of the spectrum, being that, uh, uh, we just graduated and we're looking for a house, we're looking for a car and an apartment, uh, and everything in between, between, uh, setting up a family or, uh, and starting a uh, family and then up with, uh, home, va- home, uh, buying and furniture and a standard of living and children's education and everything else. We still have to have a plan for saying, how are we going to afford all these things? And it basically boils down to saving and, uh, taking the money that's coming in the door today, utilizing a certain amount for a standard of living and also using the rest of it to make investments to get those, uh, Uh, Nest eggs up to the point where uh, they can meet those goals at uh, long-term times in the future. So uh, that's that's the goals of our uh, financial planning, and that's our the one picture is the big economy. The other picture is how are we doing with regard to our financial plan, and that's basically what we do in terms of putting together people's financial plan. And we've done that for a long period of time for a lot of people. So this is Jim McAleese. If you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us, give us a call for our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
0: Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise.
1: Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You know, one of the big things this week that came out was the Consumer Price Index report, and all of us have been watching prices go up and up. Uh, The ones we notice first are food and gasoline because we buy those on a regular basis. But the U.S. Department of Labor keeps track of the rising prices with their Consumer Price Index report every month, and on uh, uh, they just replaced, re- on Wednesday they released their CPI report for March, and the results showed inflation going down as a uh, uh, panel of the economists had uh, estimated, uh, but it shows that we also have a lot more to go before we that you can get under inflation out of control. If we talk about headline inflation uh, over the last 12 months, headline inflation is basically uh, we talk about a, a basket of goods and services mm-hmm. including food and fuel and uh, all those things are a lot of a certain percentage of uh, how much we're going to buy of our, our paycheck. So uh, headline inflation over the past 12 months reported to be 5% for the period ending in March and the headline CPI uh, over the last basically the last uh, uh, since January January it was 6.4% February it was 6% and March is 5% so it's going in the right direction and uh it's, it's it's basically come down from 9.1% in June of last year, and all through the fall, like October, it was 7.7%, and then uh, in November it was 7.1%. So it's moving in the right direction. Then it appears that uh, headline inflation peaked in June at 9.1%, and They also reported that the headline inflation uh, was uh, one tenth of one percent in March, and uh, you know from from uh, February, and uh, it also uh, previously had increased uh, uh, four tenths of a percent in February. So uh, the Department of Labor also reported that the core EPI where we neglect uh, we include all the items, but we're neglecting food and energy. That rose four tenths of a percent in March over that one month period. Over the uh, last 12 months, the core CPI uh, index rose 5.6%. Uh, so we've got a way to go here yet. And, uh, it's moving in the right direction. And looking below the services, uh, service, uh, uh, CPI is now at its basically as highest since 1982, and and is basically rising faster than uh, goods uh, CPI, and you you can see that over you see that in the economy that uh, with the case of the COVID, uh, people were uh, restricted from restaurants and travel and, and just about everything. The only thing they could do was uh, uh, buy things online. So at that particular during the COVID period, um, the the demand was for goods. And now that we're out of the COVID, we've switched to a demand for services like uh, travel or accommodations at hotels or vacations and things of this nature, um, sporting events, uh, restaurants, all the things that we. We really missed during the COVID period. People are buying now, so the emphasis right now is on buying services, and of course that that uh, uh, affects the uh, prices. So, on a year-over-year basis, service inflation is uh, is uh, counteracting any improvement in the reduction in uh, in goods inflation. So. Uh, what we're seeing is that the uh, uh, the, uh, the the food index was unchanged in March. Uh, the food at home index fell three tenths of a percent over the month, and the first decline in that index since September of 2020. And three of the six major grocery store food groups decreased over the month. The index for for meats and poultries and eggs decreased 1.4% in March, as the eggs, the eggs fell 10.9% for March. The fruit and vegetables declined 1.3% over the month, and the dairy uh, index decreased one-tenth of one percent. So the food away from home index rose six-tenths of a percent in March, as did the previous uh, as it did the previous two months. So, and the index for uh, uh, food at home uh, rose 8.4% over the last 12 months, and for cereals and bakery, 13.6% over the last 12 months, ending in March. Uh, the remaining major grocery store Food groups posted increases ranging from two percent for fruits and vegetables to eleven point two percent for non-alcoholic beverages. The index for food away from home rose eight point eight percent over the same period, and the uh, uh, the index for full-service meals uh, rose eight percent over the last twelve months. So, uh, if you look at uh, the uh, Energy, the energy index fell 3.5% in March after decreasing six tenths of a percent in February. And the energy index fell uh, 6.4% over the last uh, uh, 12 months. The, the gasoline index decreased 17.4% over the last 12 months, although it's been coming up. In, uh, recently. And uh, what you're seeing is that the, uh, the shelter index increased six tenths of 1% for the month after rising eight tenths of 1% percent in February. The index for rent and other uh, owners' equivalents, both of those, five tenths of a percent. So the shelter index is basically the dominant factor in the monthly increase in the index for all items, uh, less uh, food and fuel. So uh, medical care, medical care fell three-tenths of a percent in uh, March, and uh, the index for all items, less food and energy, rose 5.6% over the last 12 months. And uh, what you're seeing is that if you take a look at it from... A long-term viewpoint, we just see that the the uh, uh, long-term 12-months numbers are just coming down and down and down, So, uh, which gives us hope that maybe in the uh, third quarter, uh, that's the August-September timeframe, we might actually get to a point where uh, we've got the inflation numbers down to a point where... Uh, the Federal Reserve can declare victory and begin to lower the rates and, and, uh, and cause the, uh, help uh, raise the, the bond prices as well as the stock prices. So there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not another train. So uh, this is Jim, Jim, Jim McAleese. So uh, stay tuned. You can give us a call over our toll-free number it's one 888 1110 That's one 888 1110 Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. He's your host this morning, Jim McAleese. One of the things we talked about was a hey, uh, how, how's the prices doing, how's inflation doing, and basically, according to the U.S. Department of Commerce, uh, they report uh, uh, yesterday that uh, retail spending fell in March as American consumers pulled back on purchases of vehicles, furniture, appliances, gasoline, amid rising interest rates. So U.S. retail sales fell for the second month in March, indicating household spending is cooling as Americans face high inflation and and rising borrowing costs. And the value of overall retail purchases dropped 1% from an upwardly revised two-tenths of a percent decrease in February. And excluding uh, gasoline and auto sales, uh, sales fell three-tenths of a percent, a smaller decline than uh, forecast. Uh, the numbers show that uh, retail sales and, and uh, food service sales for March decreased... Uh, to $691.7 billion, and it was down 1% uh, from the $698.6 billion in February, and uh, that's according to that U.S. Department of Commerce report, advanced monthly sales for retail and food services for March. The data added... Uh, uh, added evidence and momentum that that evidence is uh, that momentum is slowing in household spending and the broader economy is also slowing as financial conditions tighten and inflation persists and Federal Reserve officials have indicated that they are getting closer to pausing their campaign of raising interest rates. In March, spending declined in Big item categories, including uh, uh, auto vehicle sales, electronics, furniture, and uh, uh, home improvements, and also department stores and spending increased online and rose slightly at, uh, at bars and uh, uh, restaurants. And uh, what we're seeing is retail sales, including sales of goods at bricks and mortar. Uh, stores as well as uh, 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 online buying. It doesn't include uh, services such as insurances, healthcare, housing costs, or things of this nature. So there's a lot. Uh, it'd be difficult uh, to draw concrete conclusions from the retail sales report as the data isn't really adjusted for inflation and mostly only captures. Uh, spending on goods a separate report coming out and uh, a separate report on March uh, household demand that include price adjusted goods and and services will be coming out later in uh, April so basically what we're seeing over uh, let's say a six-month period of time uh, <clears throat> is a declining uh, uh, declining uh, 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 buying uh, retail sales and and, uh, basically in October uh, retail sales increased uh, 8.3% over a 12-month period then it went down to 6.5% then the next month, the month following that 5.9, then 5.4, then 2.9% so these are the 12-month periods, and so what what it shows is that the spending is slowing down, and uh, the economy appeared to start the year on a strong note. Employers added more than a million jobs during the first three months of this year, and employment is tending towards a a a half-a-century low, but the effects of higher interest rates resulting from the Federal Reserve's effort to fight inflation are appearing throughout the economy. They have also slowed orders for machinery, appliances, and other manufactured goods, as well as cooled home sales, which have fallen for basically uh, 12 straight months. And some economists see weaker weaker demand for big-ticket purchases as a precursor to a broader uh, Slowdown. So, uh, eight of the eight of the thirteen uh, retail categories fell last month, led by gasoline stations, general merchandise, and electronics. And they show that uh, vehicle sales declined 1.6 percent in March. And uh, uh, what you're seeing is retail and food services down 1 percent. Uh, if you eliminate food services, just go retail. The, the, the uh, uh, sales went down 1.2 percent, uh, and then the, the big one was gasoline station sales were down 5.5 percent. General merchandise stores were down 3 uh, percent. Non-store retailers we increased 1.9 percent, and food and drinking places increased. Uh, Uh, one tenth of a percent, which is kind of strange. But uh, if you take a look at it over uh, a twelve-month period, we see that the uh, food and drinking places increased thirteen percent over the last year. So uh, people are getting out and getting about and uh, enjoying all the things they missed during the uh, during the COVID situation and. Consumers spend less in auto dealerships, department stores, and more on essentials like uh, groceries and health stores, and uh, excluding often volatile auto sales. Overall purchases decreased eight-tenths of 1% in uh, March. And a pullback in consumer spending, if uh, if sustained, could be a concern for the broader economy because. Household purchases represent basically 70% of the entire economic output in the United States. And what you're seeing is retail sales have been volatile of late, falling on a seasonably adjusted basis uh, during the holidays before a strong gain in January and then a retreat uh, last month over the past year retail sales have advanced 2.9%, and that's uh, slightly slower than the uh, 6% uh, consumer inflation. So, uh, the the amount of goods and services that are being bought are even smaller than that. So, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yes, right between the summer machine. On the cloud of sun, out in the night, any place it goes, it's Goes lies near, away from here. Well, you don't know what we can find. Why don't you come with me, little girl? Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAlee. Uh, one of the things we take a look at in terms of uh, data is the quality of uh, data, which is a, uh, a case where uh, the Institute of Supply Management uh, takes a look at, manufa- at uh, the manufacturing sector. And they also take a look at the service sector and the economy in general. Has been slowing down because of the Federal Reserve's increased interest rates. And the increases have impacted the the sectors of the economy that are primarily sensitive to interest rates. For example, residential construction, uh, home sales, manufacturing. But the service (laughs) sector of the economy has been strong, uh, except, uh, for example, travel, accommodations, restaurants, sports, and uh, entertainment events. Uh, Basically, the consumers are leaving COVID behind and enjoying those activities that they gave up uh, because of the COVID. Uh, This week, the Institute of uh, Supply Management uh, showed slower growth in the service sector. So the index is... uh, Generated by the Institute of Supply Management, and there's also another one that's produced by the uh, S&P uh, Global uh, Institute, and uh, they're pretty much they're pretty much in agreement. We'll try to go over both of them, and basically, the index is generated by the ISM from surveys uh, in the service sector. Uh, so they'll talk to executives in different companies. Several hundred uh, companies, several thousand executives, and they're asked to, to rate this month versus last month in things like, uh, how, how's the new orders this month versus last month? How do we do in terms of production or business activity? Uh, how about shipments? Uh, shipments this month versus last month, employment. Are you hiring, firing? Um, back orders? Uh, backlog of orders, uh, the ISM then grinds all this data together to provide an a index number. And if the index number is uh, 50, that indicates that uh, the situation is neutral. We're not expanding and we're not contracting. So anything greater than 50 indicates an expansion. Anything less than 50 indicates a contraction and give you an idea of what uh, the executives are saying. Uh, uh, Quote, uh, let's see, uh, close of first quarter business conditions was steady, uh, already projected out for 2024. Economic uncertainty is still a concern, and interest rates are continuing to be monitored closely. That's uh, according to finance and insurance. Uh, according to accommodations and food supplies, uh, restaurant sales remain favorable compared to uh, pre-pandemic trends. Traffic is recovering. Uh, we are optimistic about the coming months and have invested in building remodeling and, and in equipment. Uh, another one from health care and social assistance. Uh, Quote, although patient volumes and revenues continue to be strong, labor and inflationary pressures have led to higher operating expenses, uh, exceeding revenues and resulting in negative operating margins. Supply chain issues are easing, leading to fewer stockouts, although inventory levels are not as healthy uh, as preferred. Enjoying continuous improvements, or to call it lead times, in labor, price stability, and product reliability. So, the near term forecast is optimistic. That was healthcare and social assistance. Uh, in terms of uh, 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 transportation and warehousing, uh, supply is starting to stabilize. Prices are coming down, but in small increments food prices remain high, and availability continues to be a uh, a challenge. So what you're seeing is that they go through each one of the categories, like new orders, Uh, 28% of the executives said uh, the new orders have increased Uh, in April. 22% said it's decreased, so that indicates, a the new orders are improving, business activity, 27% said that uh, uh, this month was better than last month, 16% said the opposite, so that still gives the edge to, we got more orders, and we got uh, uh, more business activity, uh, the backlog says 10% said improved, 13% said uh, Uh, it's worse, meaning that uh, they're chipping away at their back orders, uh, their backlog of orders. And then you take a look at uh, new export orders. 10% said that there was an improvement. 23% said no. It was a, looks worse. Uh, That's probably due to the stronger dollar. Uh, The dollar has been beat out just about every, every currency out there. So what you're seeing is that the employment, employment. Twenty-two uh, percent said their employment has improved. Seventeen percent said no, which means that it's kind of a it's kind of a wash there. So what you're seeing in terms of the service industries is uh, they're growing slower. Uh, production is growing slower. New orders are still growing, but sh- slower than before, and. Uh, it indicates that the service industries are slowing down as well. We know the manufacturing is slowing down. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Spring is the season, season during the natural world uh, revives and reinvigorates after the cold winter months. It seems magical. The days get longer and warmer. Life begins to reemerge and the world begins to bloom. Spring signifies new beginnings. It seems more like the beginning of the year. I read this poem a long time ago and I wanted to share it with you. These are my wishes for a beautiful year. I wish you... Bunches of violets, the breeze in your hair, eyes bright as dewdrops, and people who care. Trees swaying gently, a, kitchen, a kitten to touch, fields full of clover and daisies and such. I wish you nights filled with stars and plenty of dreams, days filled with laughter and dancing sunbeams. I wish you a child's spontaneous hug, a warm summer night, and a light of I wish you a barefoot barefoot run in the grass and friendly smiles from people you pass. I wish you a baseball game, two grand slams, and a season pass, and lots of winds from lots of tribes, clouds of yellow butterflies. I wish you a springtime of daffodils, a run down a grassy hill, a mountaintop view of the world clean and new. I, I wish you a a talk with a friend, a touch of a hand, a tender kiss, a walk in the sand. I wish you a Robin Sweet song and blue skies up above, a year and a life of peace and love. And until we meet again next week, forget more of Gettysh May God protect you and keep you safe.
0: You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.